Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner 3 days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, so there used to be that, that joke about May, December marriages, mm-hmm. which had to do with age, you know, which had May, December. Marriages was when the guy was really old and the woman was really young. But I, I used it to describe May, December. We were married in May and divorced in December, basically. Thank you, Joel, for this. Yeah. It's so nice to see your face again. Mm-hmm. Tom, how did you and Joel meet? Well, I met Joel Madison. Uh, 40 years, at least over 40 years ago. 85? When did you, when were you still in college? 80, 82, 81. Yeah, I was, I moved to Minneapolis in, in 83. I okay. forgot I met you in college at the University of Iowa. And, uh, you know, they would have these real comedians like Joel Madison come down and do shows that I would open up for them. And uh, so I got to see, that's how I got to first meet Joel. And then I, moved there. And I remember that uh, my friends, uh, who Joel knows now, I'd get a whole 50 guys to come to the show, men, men and women, they're my friends. We drink uh, 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 Everclear uh, uh, Punch, which is powdered Gatorade and Everclear. Oh, and, my God. You know, my friends thought I was hilarious. And then the yeah. problem was, I'd leave and they'd leave with me. Yeah. <laughs> we'd, go, we'd go out partying. Yeah. So they sent they sent two comedians down from Minneapolis, and we get there, kind of a nice little coffee shop, mm-hmm. and uh, they said, "Hey, do you mind if one of the local guys does some time, like maybe in between you, because he's not here yet?" And we go, "Yeah, yeah, sure, no problem." And they couldn't find the stage lights or how the mic worked, uh, and me and the other comedian, we just flipped a coin. I said, "Okay, great, I'll go first. I lost, or, or maybe I won. I don't know." But so I went up. There was only like three or four people in the audience. They they didn't do a good job of advertising. So I went up, no mic, no light, but there was, again, it was a really tiny crowd. So whatever, I think I did like 40 minutes or whatever. And then we hear this big commotion out in the hallway. And it was Tom coming in with his 50 friends. There was at least 40. And so you come in and um, uh, everybody sits down. And me and the other guy are just kind of laughing because we, you know, we saw the, it's like, okay, this is what it is. 
And here um, comes this shit show. <laughs> well, we don't know. We, we, right. Yeah. And it, and the other comics going, hey, at least I'll have an audience, you know, because they're all here. <laughs> and so Tom and his group, they go in, they know where the lights are and the mic is. So the lights come on, the mic works. He has, he does, what did you do, like 10 minutes, Tom? Yeah, Maybe. Probably. Yeah. You do your 10 minutes and then you leave and the whole crowd leaves with you. Uh, <laughs> and so the other comic went on, at least he had a mic and lights and did yeah. his hour or whatever and then we went home and we were laughing about it the whole time because it was just so ridiculous and tom had sort of an insane act at that time which we were talking about the whole way home back to minneapolis what was tom's act in college tom yeah <laughs> well uh, do you remember <laughs> well yeah now uh here's the thing uh uh before joel uh madison came down joel hodgson came and joel hodgson was from minneapolis where uh, uh, and he was this great comedian. He was on Saturday Night Live. He, he was a prop comic, but he was really brilliant. He created Mystery Science Theater 2000 or whatever it's called. Oh, I love yeah. that show. And he's a great guy. And he, and he stayed with me because he wanted to save money on the, I'm sure they didn't pay much and, and stayed with me at my house with all the guys. And he told me, uh, you know what you need? Because when I first started, I was just doing jokes that I stolen from Richard Pryor. What you <laughs> need to do is be original. And think of something that original, they'll go, oh, that's the guy that blank, like they did with him or whatever. And so I remember we were in my uh, bedroom and I look over, I had a fish tank. I go, I'm going to become the fish guy. And then uh, by the time I saw Joel Madison, I had these goldfish and they did tricks and stunts. And I pulled them out. I had fire involved. What is a sword swallower? What did an impression of the Pope? I had music. And that's how... Uh, that's how I became the fish guy for a few years. It's, it's so hard to describe what the act really was. It's uh, he brought up a tank of goldfish and pulled a goldfish out and did a little trick or a, a song with it. And then he put it back in the tank and it was uh, very bizarre. It was yeah, kinda like, but it was uh, also good. You know, I got to, I uh, got to audition for Letterman. I got to, because I was a goldfish guy. But what happened is after I got to Minneapolis, I'm doing this act. And then, the crowds are different in Minneapolis. They're a little more thoughtful and liberal. And pe- the fish were dying, and people were getting very pissed. I was going to say, this seems like a PETA Yeah, situation. didn't you get called, called – didn't P- somebody call PETA? Yeah, they on did. You? They protested. I thought that would be good for me. But, it, but you know, it, turned, it made me go, okay, what is my real voice? And even at that time when I got to Minneapolis uh, with the goldfish, Joel Hodgson came and watched me. And said, I said, what do you think of my act? He goes, I feel like I just watched me. Because I was doing <laughs> cadence. He talked very slow. And and it took me a while. Another guy that Joel Madison came down to Iowa City with, a guy named, uh, I think, Gary Johnson. But I said, oh, I like that joke you did. I'm going to do that next week. He's <laughs> like, no, you can't. I go, really? He goes, no, you have to have an original joke. So I learned a lot from these real comics coming down to the student union wheel room. where right. uh, where, The wheel you know, room. Yeah. And then I, in 83, I moved up to Minneapolis, and uh, Joel and I continued our uh, fruitful relationship. Yes. Yes. Joel, so you have also acted and written a bunch of shows. Uh, More writing than acting. Uh, I can't, I'm I'm just barely in SAG. (laughs) I might have about 10 minutes of actual screen. I'm a terrible actor. Uh, Really bad. but I like doing it every once in a while. So it's usually shows that I've been on or currently on 
or a film I've helped punch up, like I'll be on the set and they go, oh, why don't you, why don't you jump in here and do this line? Uh, but, but I've written, uh, Tom actually, uh, all that, all that, uh, not getting mad at Tom uh, coming in and, and uh, uh, ruining my, our show at the wheel room has paid off because Tom actually gave me my first pretty big job uh, on Roseanne. So I had been uh, writing effects and I did a punch up on a film and a couple of little things, but I really didn't, you know, I was really trying to break in and Tom had uh, mastermind, uh, masterminded the takeover of Roseanne. So he was running. Tom opened the gate just to yeah, yeah. There's yes. so many gatekeepers. One of the well, most loyal uh, people I've ever met in uh, show business. Aww. Well, I have to say this. I realized quick that and Rosie was not happy First of all, she didn't get created by credit on her own show, which is, and she hated the first year writers, hated them. I said, I got an idea. I know guys that are funny. And then we'll bring them in. And then we'll, you'll teach them how to write the the format of a sitcom. But these guys are funny. That's what we need. So half of the guys were people like Joel and people, some other roommates from uh, Minneapolis and and comic friends. And it really, the show. on the street. Some of them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the show took off. Guys off the street. You know, uh, and I, I remember uh, Joel. First of all, he's done a lot of work with Judd Apatow, who, by the way, I also gave his first writing job, his paid writing job as uh, writing jokes for me and uh, uh, Roseanne uh, when he was 18. But no he's, uh, way. He, yeah. yeah he, he loves Joel Madison. And, and, you know, each time he's doing something, he, he includes him and, and Joel and I have got on to uh, – it's funny. I'll tell a quick story. So we had a – we hired a head writer named Chuck Laurie, who's got – he's like a billionaire now. Yeah. yeah. And Chuck and I were not best friends. And uh, <laughs> But that's fine. You know, he's got, yeah, the writers got – the head writers got fired every year. And Joel could explain what it was like on that set. Uh, um, but uh, I got word that he wasn't uh, – uh, you, know, you know, you have a certain amount of episodes a year – and, and you get paid a weekly salary, but you get more if the episode is in your name. So you're looking around, you got X amount of writers. You want to make sure everybody gets one or two scripts in their name. And uh, 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 that wasn't happening with Joel Madison. I had to go up there and go, dude, Joel's my friend, man. There's no, He's another script. I know how ugly you want this to be, but I'm just going to tell you, this is the way it goes. And, uh, and, you know, the, uh, guys, the guys that didn't complain worked for Chuck for a lot uh, for the rest of their careers. So maybe I shouldn't have complained. But um, I, uh, you know, I, I'm very blessed to have had Joel consistently in my life. He's a good guy. We've done the Red Man shows together. And anytime I get to work with Joel Madison, it's great. Today's especially great because I've never really talked to Joel. I mean, he's very aware of my divorces. He's been right there witnessing. Uh, but I've never really talked to him. I know he was married uh, back in the day. I've only got I've got one uh, divorce and two marriages uh, going, so I'm way behind you, Tom. And and uh, Monica, you have uh, one and one. Just a one divorce, so you're you're one marriage, of- one divorce. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, good good luck. Maybe you will get a few more. Yeah. Uh, or no. All right. Uh, yeah. You know, actually, I met uh, my first wife. She was the assistant of one of the many head writers of Roseanne. So oh, she yeah. was a lot. And I was over at the Jackie Thomas show 
which was Tom's first show. I did two years at Roseanne and then one year at Jackie Thomas. Yeah. And uh, we all um, did one year at Jackie Thomas. Who I saw some uh, some uh, Jackie Thomas writers uh, on the line the other day. Anyways, that's a different. Oh, story. that's cool. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they had uh, fond memories, of course, of the, of that. You know. Um, so I met her, and uh, we went out for about a year. And I guess maybe we were about. Oh, shoot, I don't know how old we were, but we were like at that age where you think you're supposed to get married. Yeah. And uh, so we were going out for about a year and it just like, I don't know. It, it, it was one of those deals where either we should break up or get married. Did you guys live together before you got engaged? Yeah, sort of, kind of, sort yeah. of, kind of. It was all I was curious about that theory about not living together before. They, I don't know. I feel like I, weird stats that say it works out if you don't, but. I, good question. I, you know, I can't, it all kind of jumbled up, but it seems like we moved in together kind of at the same time we were thinking about getting married. Mm-hmm. And then we got married and I think we both knew about a week and a half in mm-hmm. that it was a huge mistake. <laughs> Why? What? Like. We just, uh, we didn't get along on any level as uh, a cohabitated couple. And uh, she had a lot of different goals than I did. Uh, or I should say she had goals. Oh. <laughs> Which, you know, uh, it's hard when one person has a lot of goals. And I'm just kind of going from Tom Arnold show to Tom Arnold show. Mm-hmm. But so she 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 had a lot of goals. She was a writer as well. Um, was not, so she was like an assistant trying to be a writer Okay. Um, trying to get, and so again, and when you're, go ahead, you're going to, I was going to say, yeah, with, I know what it's like with two actors and that can be just the worst. Yeah. Um, is it the same with two writers in the same house? Is there a sort of competition or just a angst? I think so. I think so. Uh, I, I do. And, and God bless her, you know, um, being in the same industry, uh, like I'll compare it to my current wife who's also really smart, really educated, really driven. Um, and, uh, but we don't like interfere with each other, she, you know, uh, as far as that goes. So my first wife, very driven. So she would also like, um, she would work very, very hard and uh, on, on scripts and things. And then she'd also be able to look at me and uh, go, well, why aren't you, you know, you should be working really hard too, uh, a little bit, you know, <laughs> And I've never, you know, uh, what can I say? I've, I've never been insanely ambitious. Uh, I like to get ahead and I, and I certainly take opportunities when they come and, but yeah. I think room for uh, fun, uh, in, in life. Tom's kind of the same way. Although Tom is, Tom's always been, Tom's always had a goal to be famous. Even when I first met him, uh, <laughs> even when you had no, no act in Minneapolis, yeah. just had that five minute fish act. And I was an established comic. Yeah. Everybody in Minneapolis knew Tom. He was famous uh, because, but but that's what he wanted to be. And he's a big, bigger than life personality and a fun guy. But so uh, I've always kind of taken things as they come. And I think that really drove her crazy as a, you know, up and coming writer. And she's very good. She's a very good writer. And uh, so part of it was that part of it was, you know, knocking heads uh, on, on that alone. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, we would fight over like, salt and pepper shaker stuff you know like the littlest tiny things would just drive her crazy and and me too and then my current marriage 
I don't know, maybe after about three, four months, we started kind of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going, oh, fuck. Oh. You know, here we go again. Uh, but we kind of worked it out. You know, we, we, we worked out the cohabitating thing. It, it, it It's just really hard. And, and yeah. so, but, but we knew, we knew it was a huge mistake. Uh, How long then, did you guys stay married? <laughs> less than a year. Oh, so you're a quickie. A quick, that was a quickie. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, I'm trying to think, probably about six months in, she left. And she goes, I've had it, I'm out. And uh, then I didn't like go get her. Mm-hmm. And she, she was really mad about that. Like, you were supposed to come get me. And I go, uh, I didn't want to, uh, you know. And uh, so filed the papers the second we could. You're supposed, there's that, what is it, six months or? So, yeah, I was going to ask, was there a cooling off period? It's called a cooling off period in California. I didn't know if it yeah. existed forever or what the deal is with that. But yeah. I so find that so the, shocking, you know. You had, you had to do that six-month waiting period before you could file. And and mine was a very – because we didn't have time to even start a bank account together. Uh, okay. No kids, nothing. No uh, house? So, uh, no house. Uh, I had a condo, which was premarital assets. Um, there was a little question about a dog we had that she really liked, but I had it before the marriage, so technically. Yeah. And, you know – she was smart enough to realize that if we get lawyers involved, it's going to be just a lot of money for nothing. So we had an arbitrator do it, do the paperwork. So, so we were just kind of left with like really uh, the emotional horror of like, Oh my God, how could we, you know, her and me, like we made a huge mistake. Yeah. So, so we did have the emotional trauma, but nothing, you know, not anywhere close to were you guys close with each other's families at all? Or it was like, was that hard or friendships losing? Did you lose any friendships in the process? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a number of people, because she's uh, ended up being more successful. They got a number of people gravitated towards her. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, uh, I don't blame you there. This, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh my it, God, but you so, still have Tom. Yeah. Well, I, I've got the most important person. Thank you, Tom. For not uh, well, I, how much, Joel, how much of that do you think is, Related to the fact that you lived with your mom most of your like you would he's going to live with me and the guys he's like yeah no. I'm not live with you guys I, it, I, it, I do, it but... well you'd think that would have prepared me to live with women yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so Tom so my mom managed this really huge apartment complex and when I moved back to Minneapolis uh, from San Diego where I was living uh, I kind of I moved in with her with the ideas that I'm moving out pretty quick. And so uh, as I started to do some more stand up and travel, it would be she'd go, well, why don't you just stay here? You're gone two or three weeks out of the month anyways. And I go, "Okay." Uh, And then uh, like she'd want to throw me out uh, if I was home too much. But yeah. So and and Tom lived in places that were uh, I just don't think I could have lived Did Tom live like a college student forever? Yes. Yeah. How old were you when you guys got divorced? Shoot. Uh, You still in your twenties or thirties? No, no, I was in late thirties, and she was in. uh, Wait. So I'm always curious about this with men. So after she leaves, how soon were you sleeping with someone? (laughs) <laughs> or did you wait till like the ink was on the paper? I just am so curious. I don't remember. I, I, Are you sure? I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know when I decided to call up the. Tom, the what book. about you? Uh, well, 
When did you start sleeping with someone else? Was uh, it right after Italy? Was it right <laughs> after you caught her yeah. with the limo driver? Like literally, like literally, uh, you know. I you mean, we were sober when this was happening, were we? I'm yeah, thinking- I was completely sober. Oh, I really? got sober before Rosanna and I got buried. Oh, like, uh, I got out of rehab and we got buried three days later. Amazing. We got married. I went to rehab at the end of, of uh, 20 uh, 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 1989 and then right. Cause you're supposed to get sober and then have a big life change three okay. days later. You're supposed to that's, wait that's how it works. You're supposed to wait a year, but I, know. <laughs> I was grateful. She didn't want to wait because when I went into rehab, uh, um, it was a mess, you know, uh, and I was in there and, uh, you know, I very, I'm very grateful to Roseanne because it, honest, honestly, I've never gotten sober without her. When, um, when did you go to rehab for the first time? Okay, in, uh, in December of 1989. And what happened was we were about to get married. And we we're going to have this huge uh, Coconut Grove wedding, the last event at that place. Everybody's flying in. And one night I was going home. We lived in Benedict County there. And uh, I, I, I couldn't remember the go- code to the gate. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Uh, I, like I was so fucked up. I was driving around there, and, which was, of course, my birthday. But I couldn't remember. So I went to the top to Mulholland because cell service is bad. It's still bad in Beverly Hills. Oh. But it was bad. And I called her. I said, I can't uh, get the gate. And I drove back down. And there's sort of a long driveway. I could see her car coming down. I was like, okay, I know what's going to happen. She's going to get out of the car and start punching me. And uh, I deserve that. And uh, so she gets, she pulls her car up, gets out of the car, comes towards me. You know, and uh, and just uh, hugged me and said, "I just want you to come home," and that was a, a life changer for me. Like that was a moment of clarity. I still did the rest of my blow after she went to sleep, but of course, I went sure. to. Uh, I, got, I got. I said, "You know, this is not good." There's teenage kids living here who had their own issues, and so I got in the cab and went to New Beginnings, uh, and I was there and. Uh, um, uh, I'd been to a place before when I had a bad, like bad eye psych. Rosanna, my nose was just hemorrhaging. And yeah. as soon as I was there four days and then uh, I, I talked her in get me out so we could have sex. I was like, you know, I really like <laughs> Of course she did. <clears throat> so uh, I get into the rehab and uh, uh, I, the second day there I go down, my job was to go pick up the newspaper downstairs and I go pick it up and there's just a headline that Tom Arnold's on cocaine and he's not getting married and they're broke up and he's fired from the show and I was like okay that's one way to to find out about it okay and then uh, I I stayed there 
And uh, at uh, I uh, the eighth day, uh, I, you know, they started talking about a concept I'd never heard about, doing it for yourself, not doing it for the show, getting her back, whatever, public. And I never even considered that. And uh, um, uh, I, I called her on the eighth day and I said, hey, I love you. I appreciate you. I completely understand why we're not getting married, why I'm not on the show. And I just want to tell, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay here for myself. And then she took a pause and went, oh, we're getting married. And I and <laughs> I first thought was, oh, my God, I should have just said that and not meant it. And then <clears> I could have manipulated her because I should have known she was going to say that. But I really stayed on it for a, a bit. And, and, in fact, I carried a picture of myself when I was four, my wallet, for years to look at that picture to remind myself, oh, I love that guy. Maybe not this guy, but so if one for her, love that. I wouldn't have done it, you know, and, uh, and so I'm very grateful about that. Yeah. When I went to therapy, I mean, I've gone to therapy on and off for many, many years of my life, but that was like one of the biggest things I felt like kind of an aha moment was when, you know, you, you go back to love and care and parent your younger self. Mm-hmm. That's really cool that you had that picture in there. Uh, so, Tom, now I didn't know that you I probably knew that you were in rehab in 89, but I do remember in 91 ish mm-hmm. when I was on the show, you would come in because you would tell Roseanne you're going to go up to the writer's room mm-hmm. and you you'd come there for a second, and say, hey, and then you would go into my office mm-hmm. uh, onto the desk and then out the window because <laughs> the desk right next to the window yeah. and because that was next to the parking lot. Yeah. And you drive away for somewhere. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, uh, uh, it, it, there were there were some interesting uh, uh, times that went down there, but I do remember that. I like to see you. That's how I, you know, come in, see you, fire the head writer, and uh, move on. And then, There's nothing I could do up there. There's nothing I could accomplish. I could sit there for a minute, but everybody was very nervous around me too because they're like, "He's an arc. He's going to tell her." And oh I, yeah. To the guys, you can say anything yeah. you want to me. I'm not going to. If you're unhappy with something she's done, you can say it to me. That's how we're going to work this thing. But, uh, uh, you know, and as Joel said, as the years went on, she made more people uh, uh, unhappy. On the, but, but looking back, you go, how many great writers went through there? Joel went, I mean, you know, a lot oh, of gosh. great. He, he, yeah. she, and she gave a start to a lot of people, and it was a great credit to have. Uh, it launched a lot of uh, careers. Okay, Joel. So, okay, back to your, back to your marriage. Yeah. History. All right. How, so after you get divorced, how long, how much time goes by before you meet your current wife? I think about three years. I'm okay. thinking, uh, shoot, I should have done the math here, but it seems like about that. Yeah. And about how long did you date this time before? Uh, we dated in that year, uh, about a year-ish. And then we, uh, she wouldn't move in unless I would, you know, we were going to get married. So once we were going to get married, and I think it was probably a year or so. And, you know, I had learned a lot from that first marriage, you know, the stuff to look out for. Um, so I was a little bit more prepared. Uh, although, you know, uh, we had a hard time adjusting. Oh, I was going to uh, tell us the first marriage. We did try counseling because oh, you yeah, want, that was one of my questions. Yeah. yeah. You always want to be able to say, cause people go, yeah. well, did you go to counseling? Yeah, we went to counseling. Cause you got to try that. And I think we went about four or five times. And then the counselor said, I, I want to see you individually. And when he saw me individually he said, you know, I'm a marriage counselor. I always uh, want to try to figure out how to keep couples together, but you guys should get divorced. 
That's <laughs> honest. Mean, That's honest because yeah. did he explain why? Yeah. He said she doesn't like you at all. Oh. <laughs> she, wow. she never stopped me. That's yeah. never stopped me, man. I'm just like, I'm going to turn this shit around, man. Yeah. Like, the more you hate me, the more I want to be with you. Yeah. I have, I've definitely been like that. That's a, that's why I haven't had a date in six years. And, because that's how I kind of married into, I'm going to project my uh, stuff onto you. And it seems like, and I remember my, with my last ex-wife, I was uh, thinking, wow, she is so funny. Her biting sense of humor, the shit she says about me. And then after like, Three or four months, I was like, oh, fuck, she has no sense of humor. <laughs> and then you're like, I got it together this because I did three other times. So I have to really make this work. And uh, <clears throat> I couldn't. And, uh, but it is good to do, okay, I've got a therapy. I didn't do any, I didn't break any of the big rules, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, but it's tough. It, it, and Joel mentioned that about three months in, it started feeling like that other thing, which we could get into. Yeah. Go, okay, here's the sign. Here, it's going south right now. I've been here. I know what to do. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. But what did what what helped you plow through it? Yeah, so we started going to counseling and just try to, you know, figure out how to communicate. Such a different person. And, and I had, you know, more experience uh, at that time just going you through older that. older than your wife or? Somebody? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and she actually thought I was younger than I was. So that was when she found that out. I guess is when we got married. She found that out. Uh, <laughs> that was a bit of an eye opener. But she's like was like I was like less mature, and she's very mature. So we kind of that that helped. Um, but you know, I wanted it to work, and but all through that, I never felt like we were doomed, and that was a big difference. Um, the first marriage felt very much like when I went to work for my uncle in St. Cloud, Minnesota, the scrap iron business. He had talked me into quitting college to come work for him, the the family business. And I got up there and within a couple of months, I go, this is a, this is a horrible mistake. And it took me about six, eight months to figure out how to quit because I didn't, I knew it would cause a lot of family trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt, it had that same feeling. I got to get out of here. But, but the second marriage did not feel that way. The second marriage, I'm going, we can make this work. You know, she's a good person. I'm a good person. We're, we're, you know. Uh, and with the second marriage, did you go back to the same counselor from the first, or someone told you? No, somebody knew. Uh, uh, yeah, somebody. And have I, you guys? I, yeah, know. have you guys since then ever had to like revisit, like for a tune-up, like over the years? No, no, we haven't. And I was telling somebody. So uh, I have a, a guest house office, sort of a detached uh, one, um, and. Uh, We've been married for 22 years, and, it, and and my wife only, and she didn't even throw me out. She suggested I might want to go sleep back there or get a hotel. <laughs> one time. That was only one time where I was, like, off my, my nut and yeah. just insane. And she goes, you might want to do that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's pretty good for 22 years. Yeah. I would say, I cannot believe you've been married for 22 years. Do you... Can you, you know, just maybe this show can also help, you know, married people, if they're listening, stay married. You know, do you have any secrets or little tidbits that, you know, you could share that you think really work for you guys? I'm trying to think. Um, You know, it's it's important to have uh, a good sense of humor, uh, I think, Uh, you know, to not take uh, things too seriously. Um, 
and uh, respect each other's space, I think, is really important. Um, <laughs> you know, there's always the compromise. And I joke around. So so my wife's definition of compromise is to say yes when it's something that she wouldn't want to do anyways. You know, <laughs> like uh, like a movie. It, it, so she feels that's a compromise when she wouldn't have even done it yeah. anyway. Uh, versus like the a true compromise is when you give up something. Right. Uh, yeah. So which uh, so we try to compromise a lot, which means I compromise, I think. And, and you know, uh, and I think there were some big issues along the way because I had the house first and it was decorated a certain way. And so it, it she slowly got stuff out. Slowly. I saw my paintings and my furniture uh, out, <laughs> yes, but she did it real slow and methodical. So she's smart about that. I'm guilty of that. When I first started dating my ex-husband, he had a lot of comic book statues everywhere. <laughs> and when people would come to work on the house, they'd be like, Oh, does he work for Marvel? And I'm like, no, he just loves no, the collector. Yeah, so I slowly started to get rid of things, and then eventually I hired a designer that tore down the house and got rid of everything. And I think part, part of why he wanted, I think Jeff Lewis is maybe part of the reason he wanted a divorce. Well, Monica, doubt you, you should have kept those things so you could. Sell well, you know, them. I did try. No, I did try to say like let's put them in storage, or you know, there could be a something but he was like no that i don't need it you know he did choose to get rid of them but i think ultimately held that against me to some degree but no i wasn't like i said you know we could keep like two or three out in the house but we don't need or in your office but we don't need them right. but i yes I, I think it's hard yes it's hard to whoever has the house first yeah. i think that's a great point that you brought up because you know there are some couples that buy their first home together and my ex was already, you know, established and had a place. And I'm just kind of this chick coming in like, oh, how can we make it, you know, better? And, you know, and it's hard to, I don't know if you ever said this to your wife, you know, this house is yours too, you know, even though he's. No, I never that, said, oh, I never said it. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, thank God for my guest house. And I, oh, I remember the early on when she came in to the guest house. And I might have, I think I went through the beer sign phase and all that stuff. So they weren't, I didn't have beer or anything, but you know, she was saying, you know, what you should do is the new floor. I'm going, uh, uh-uh. uh, there's, you have no say in this room at all. This is my room. Oh, they should right. <clears throat> out with a huff, but Beetlejuice where the dad's like everywhere else you can, you're not remodeling yeah. my office. <laughs> Everything else in the main house. Yeah. It's so strange. I have done this in all of my marriages. I'm like, okay, whatever you want. You got it. Make it however you want, and and your marriage has to be solid to survive home improvement like that. I remember before I got married, I was working at this boutique in the valley, and some woman came in who was going through like a terrible remodel, and she just started telling me all her stuff, and she was like, "Just listen to me. There's three things that will end a marriage: cheating, finances, and construction." Yeah, it's yeah. so true. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. very true. That's very well, true. Part of, I think part of the success of a second marriage, uh, and which should have been from the first, but uh, I was a bit older. So, you know, um, I don't know how people that get married right out of high school, and we've seen a tons, right, Tom, being from the Midwest. I mean, that's what they do. Um, and 20 year, years later, you know, now you're in your 40s and you haven't really, you know, hooked up with a lot of people or partied because you've been home or raising kids. That would be tough. I feel I've gotten a lot of stuff out of my system before I wow. even started getting married. So I was 40 when I got married the second time, you know? Uh, so, so that I think was a huge key to success. 
too tired to uh, cheat. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joel had a crazy health thing. Did uh, you? What happened? That with your grade? Uh, I had. If you ever seen that show, uh, that movie Memento with. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I had that, and it's called uh, temporary global amnesia, where you lose your short-term memory for a 24-hour cycle, and then the next day you can't remember that day that you had the memory issue. Oh my and, god! Uh, it's a bit rare, but I've run into a few people that had it, and it's uh, so I would like be having conversations, and it, like every 10 minutes uh, it would reset, and I didn't know what was going on. I had no idea what was going on. Uh, I woke up, I, I call it waking up, but I was awake the whole time. And uh, I remember uh, looking at my wife. She was there. So I'm, it's like midnight. I'm in a hospital bed and I, my wife and my mother-in-law is there. And I'm going, uh, Jen, what's it? And she goes, look at the note. Like really mean. I'm going, why? You know, I'm thinking, what, what's so, what do you mean, mean about? She goes, I go, but Jen, she goes, look at the piece of paper. So I look at this piece of paper and says, you were in the hospital. You did not have a stroke. They're not sure what happened. Emily's fine. All these questions I'd been asking like every 10 minutes. Wow. So by the time midnight rolled around, she was really mad. Like she'd have to ask the questions. She's like, I'm fucking exhausted with you and your health issues. Yeah. yeah. God damn it. So, yeah. That makes, How long that makes, did it last? Well, just one day. Last yeah. one day. Oh. I remember you explaining this to me. I was trying to get my head around what had happened. I mean, I also was like, I can't believe something happened to Joel. Like Joel probably would agree that he's surprised that I'm alive. So, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, but I have to say that uh, I'm grateful that Joel came out of it. Yeah, that would be really horrible to have that as a thing to have to write notes all the time to remind yourself what you just I did. I do, Joel. You, you uh, just, look at this note. You get older. There's a, there's a note on my uh, bathroom uh, mirror that says check. The note on your desktop, uh, and if um, I have things the night before, I do because I just can't, especially with the kids. Oh my like, god! Uh, yeah, Absolutely. I I frequently order from Amazon those rainbow colored post its. I'm constantly leaving post its, or if I'm just in the middle of doing the dishes, I have to stop and write it down because I won't remember to put something in my calendar. Or yeah, it's like you know, mommy daddy brain. I don't know. All right, we uh, circle it around a little bit, Monica. Yeah. When? How long did it take you to hook up after your divorce? Um. Ooh, I think six months. Six months. Six months. Who was it? Who was it? I went on a date with. Yeah, it was a very nice. I say a gentleman. He was. He took me on a couple of dates. I. It was like a friend of a friend. Um, but I just, I, what, I still had so much nerves. I couldn't move on yet. I couldn't, it, I still felt married, you know, cause you know how long it takes to get divorced. I think it took me two and a half years and, yeah. you know, $65,000 to get divorced. Um, you know, it was not fun, but I didn't have sex for two and a half years. Wait, I have a question. How much sex are we having after 22 years of marriage, are we once a week? Are we? Well, if it was twice a week, he'd tell us. If it was three <laughs> but it's not humanly. Like, it's just not that, you know, I think not that, you know, as long as you do it once in a while, be super romantic or whatever. You know, as long as you're uh, both on the same page about it all the way down the line, you know, if one yeah. person feeling uh, heard or unwanted or rejected, then it's a bad situation. But if everybody's like I've been on both ends of that where I felt yeah. not wanted or then I, or I've been the rejector. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Joel, uh, I love you. I appreciate you're you. Amazing. Love Thank you, you for sharing, Great. Joel. Oh, yeah, he well. really shared. I didn't know if he was going to share. Right. And congratulations I, on, you know, a successful, happy, adjust, well-adjusted teenager. I mean, well, yeah. Oh, crazy. Does she hate, yeah. Did she go through the stage of hating you or are you good? You no, know, she's still, yeah. She started at like 12, 13 of really like just being a, a horror. And uh, she, it goes on and off. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. That's how it's in their DNA. That's how they get out. Of, otherwise, they do it forever. They gotta have that. that thing. Although you lived with your mom for quite a while. Weird, weird <laughs> and total side note, I love all your artwork behind you. Did you do oh, that? I did not. That was a, a local artist, and then uh, the one with the TVs was somebody that worked at Roseanne. I uh, love the TVs. Reminds me of MTV. Who, who, who did the remember, TVs? Remember Jody? She was a uh, script. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who we dated? Who That's I probably right. married, but then we broke up, and then I. I ran into the other one and we got married right away. Yeah. After a. Yeah. Anyway. All right, guys. Thank I know you, you got to pick up your kids. Thank yeah. you. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.